Hey guys, welcome back to the Third World Perspective. I'm um, your one-stop shop for almost everything sports. Um, obviously, the pod doesn't have sponsors yet. Um, so basically, we are coming back to you guys, our bosses, the audience. Um, you guys can support the pod. We have a listener support segment. You can support the pod with as little as a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars. So um, basically, support the pod. Help us to create more um episodes and better content for you guys um you can support the pod if you're into that okay uh let's get into the pod two one hey, hey guys. guys hi guys my name is Kalen. hey i'm delmas this is pablo this is jabi this is kevin guys welcome to the third world perspective we are going to give you a third world perspective on all kind of sports you name them beach nba nfl <laughs> F1. Uh, be- beach, F1, <laughs> football, you name them, all kinds of sports. Yes, <laughs> thank Arsenal. you. Ciao. Hey, my people, this is Pablo, and um, we are bringing you a series that we are calling Chasing the Money. We'll be talking about finances in sports all over the world. And I mean, we're talking about player contracts, we're talking about endorsement deals, player valuations, club and league valuations, we're talking about logistics, and a whole lot more. So um, we're trying to see how your favorite sports generate revenue, how they spend it. Um, let's get into it. Hey, what's up, my people? Um, you guys know what it is. My name is Pablo. Welcome back to another episode. Um, welcome back to the series Chasing the Money. I haven't done this in a while. The last episode that that we we did that I did was NFL. Um, you guys should go and check the last Chasing the Money episode. We were talking about the 110 billion dollar NFL deal. If you guys didn't see that, you guys should go back and check it out. Um, obviously today is a different topic. We're here to talk about F1. Um, actually I got like I, I got this is a special request I'm actually answering um, a question to someone who is a very big fan of the pod um, someone who actually is a, is a very big fan of Formula One someone who actually um, adores um, how to drive the Netflix series Grey Peter Gao man come on yeah, shout out to Grey Peter Gao. He, he was a childhood friend. Um, we only reconnected like a few months ago, but obviously he's a fan of the pod and um, he saw that we were doing Chasing the Money, a series and on sports. Um, basically, he asked me to do a, a behind the, the finances in Formula One. Um, obviously, um, I, I love Formula One as well. I love money as well. So it was a no-brainer for me. I'm sorry it took this long, but... Um, Basically, here is the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, before we get started, before we get started, this obviously today is twentieth, the twentieth of May, twenty twenty one. Um, this weekend is the Monaco Grand Prix. Obviously, today is Thursday, but um, we just had P one. Um, obviously, that's that's just like Formula One news for you guys. Um, this weekend, sad news. Um, this weekend marks two years since the death of former Ferrari driver and three-time championship winner, F1 legend um, Nicky Lauda. 
Nicky Lauda obviously passed away on May 20th, 2019. He was 70 years old. Um, it's almost bizarre to think that, is, that it has been two years since he passed. I, can, I remember it as, as bright, as, as clear as yesterday. Um, it's sad, man, that it's, it's, um, he passed. But it's just in remembrance, um, two, years, two years on. Um, so, man, RIP, Nicky Lauda, man, may he rest in peace. Um, praying for him, man. So, um, on to more positive news. Uh, McLaren's Lando Norris has signed a new deal, a multi-year deal um, that will keep him at McLaren until at least the end of the 2023 season. Um, so, basically, we don't know the exact figures, the exact numbers. The, the McLaren has not revealed what the deal entails. Um, F1 is kind of like, it's kind of... Um, very um, secretive, discreet like that, especially when it comes to player contracts and, and salaries um, and wages. So um, we don't know if, if details about the deal will come out, but at the moment what we do know is London Norris has signed a deal that will keep him at McLaren until the uh, until at least the end of the 2023 season. Um, basically that's the f1 news that um i guess i guess um you guys need to know um before before you um before you you go into the rest this weekend um basically i think me and caleb will 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 release an episode um about the monaco grand prix and i think the the first few grand prix that we that we've missed i think we've missed spanish and portuguese grand prix so we need we, we need we need an entire episode to catch up on to catch up on those races but basically um here are the finances in formula one man this is ex- i'm excited for this um i hope you guys enjoy it man so um f1 formula one is big business like most sports um obviously it's very popular i think it's i think the sixth most or the seventh most popular sport in the in the world f1 is an employer to fifty thousand people um so it's big business and it obviously supports a lot of a, a lot of careers and many people um their standards of living depend um on f1 Obviously, F1 is regulated by the FIA. The FIA, however, is much larger, much larger than just um, Formula One. Um, the FIA has other sanctioned World Championship events under the under the umbrella. Um, obviously, the FIA um, um, obviously regulates F1. Um, it has F2 as well, F3, um, Formula E, World Endurance Championship (WEC). Um, World Rally Championship WRC, World Rally Cross Championship WRCC, World Touring Car Championship WTCC, and World Cutting Championship WKC, and the FIA Cross Country Rally World Cup. So basically, um, it does not only support F1 but other other championship events. But these other championship events obviously are not as popular as, as F1. The, the the championship event that I think is getting more popular um with, with as the day goes on is Formula E. I know Formula E as as most most Formula E fans are F1 fans, but its popularity is really on the rise. So especially with with the youth in Europe, so um that's that's I guess where um that's perhaps an, a championship event that you might have heard of. Obviously Formula One, Formula Two, obviously Formula Two, Formula Three complement Formula One. Um, that's I guess pretty straightforward. The FIA is the governing body, but F1 as a championship event is owned uh, is actually owned by the Formula One Group, 
um, the Formula One group um, is a group basically that controls the phone. So in 26 that owns the phone. So in 2016, Liberty Media, Liberty Media is a co- is a is a is a is a company in a, in the US. Um, it bought controlling interest in the Formula One group for 4.4 million dollars. Um, Liberty, like I said, and an, a US company also owns. Um, the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves is an MLB franchise playing baseball in the US. Satellite Radio, Sirius XM, and a bunch of other properties. So Liberty Media basically is not. Um, it's it's basically a company that's that's very much invested in sports, um, sports properties. Um, so basically, Liberty um, has the, has controlling interest in Formula One Group, which basically um, owns F1. So basically, Liberty owns the majority of F1. So F1 basically the money top teams in F1 spend um 175 million dollars a year to put the best cars on the grid. I know this is a lot of money. Most of um most of football teams don't even spend a quarter of that, not even a but like an eighth of that. So 175 million dollars a year to put a car, to put the best cars on the grid is a lot of money and basically F1 teams need to spend some amount of money to be competitive, and obviously they, 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 there's a payment that they pay to enter the championship of that can be up to 5.5 million dollars. The championship itself dishes out an incredible one billion dollars in prize money to the teams. Um, so p- people may ask now, where does this money come from? Um, like most TV sports, like most sports, F1 generates most of its ve- revenue from TV rights. Channels like Sky and ESPN give full coverage of each race, with obviously Sky being the biggest source of TV income with a $255 million per year deal. This is the biggest um, deal um, in F1. This deal is worth more than 30% of F1's TV income and it's a sixth a sixth um, translates to 16.66% of the total revenue in F1. So basically the Sky deal is a very big deal and you guys obviously like uh, wherever you watch F1 from be it Supersport, be it um, Sky Sports uh, or ESPN in the US or wherever um, in if, if it's Sky Sports um, you, um, I, I think you can notice that some of the pundits are are, are, are Sky Sports pundits so basically Sky Sports um, um, contributes a lot of money to F1 um, so most like most of its revenues comes from TV rights but another part of its revenue comes from race sponsors um, race, the race sponsors are the, um, like if you've watched the races um, the trucks are always littered with sponsor billboards um, including companies like DHL, Aramco um, Rolex, Heineken. Obviously, you guys have seen the big um, Rolex watch on the trucks. Um, so, race sponsors basically, these guys, um, the amount of money that is collected from such sponsors um, goes to F1 and does not go to the rest, to the to the trucks, it, to the trucks themselves or the truck organizers. So, this um, amount, of, this income collected from race sponsors provides um, 20% of Formula One's total income. And that's the second, um, the second um, source of income for Formula One. The third source of income for Formula, for Formula One is the trucks. The trucks actually pay a large fee to Liberty Media in order to host a Formula One Grand Prix, which obviously with the Formula One Grand Prix, 
in turn um, translates to tourists um, not only visiting the country but also the truck so um, the, the truck um, can actually um, attract spectators that obviously they'll pay get fee to to enter the truck and watch the races but also the tourists will come to the country and like f1 also provides marketing to the to the country as well as to the truck so basically if basically these these trucks um pay pay liberty media to to be able to host formula one races um truck organizers don't receive any amount of money from broadcasting or um so or truck sponsors so these guys that that basically aramco rolex heineken these guys don't pay the truck organizers these guys pay liberty media so truck organizers don't receive any amount of money from from the sponsors or from amount of, um, from the money that f1 gets from broadcasting so the the entry fee the the entry fee into formula one is mostly covered like the entry fee that the organizers pay is mostly covered by the government alongside um, ticket sales obviously the ticket sales it's it's usually only one race a year um one race over 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 the weekend but um the 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 the, the, the entry fee is usually a lot of money um i think it, it it's upwards of 20 million dollars so um it's not usually enough that the ticket sales obviously don't cover such a such a huge amount of money but in some in some races in some countries the government knowing the amount of marketing that formula one does for the country knowing the amount of money that um, the, the amount of money that formula one brings um to the country in terms of tourism and boosting the economy and everything um the government decides to pay the entry fee but um i think the british grand prix however is an example of a race where um whose entry fee is not covered by the government so basically the uk government does not pay for for the, for the british grand prix at silverstone so the organizers rely primarily on ticket sales um and the they are the entry fee is usually 23 million dollars which is mad but it's a whole, it's a lot of money but basically that's the amount of money you need to pay liberty liberty media to to be able to host an f1 race um so the organizers at Silver, silverstone have been making a loss each year despite the fact that um silverstone has a 150,000 fan capacity so basically 150,000 is 70,000 more than wembley um obviously you guys saw the fa cup last weekend you guys saw chelsea getting thrashed um so 150,000 is 70,000 more than the capacity at Wembley and it's nearly double the stadium capacity at Old Trafford with 77,000. So basically it's it's a, it's a huge truck obviously it can host a lot of fans but um the organizers basically have to fork this money on their own in, in order to be able to host the Formula 1 Formula 1 race every year i guess i guess the uk government does not like to use taxpayer money basically to i, I don't think even the the citizens in the uk will 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 accept this because you, the uk is usually more traditional it's not like the us perhaps the us would not hesitate to use taxpayer money to to to, to bring a sports event to the country but the uk they they're usually very hesitant um the the bahrain grand prix the bahrain grand prix the russian grand prix the abu dhabi grand prix obviously these races are paid for by the government um the, the bahrain russian and united arab emirates governments um 
they they back up this this grand prix and and so that's the reason why these grand prix are always on the calendar regardless of the economic situation um that's why you can you can always rely when the calendar comes out you can you can always rely on seeing the Bahrain grand prix the russian grand prix um so the question comes down to why do they, why are these governments paying for these races obviously i've talked about tourism um which is a big deal um to because um i think i think the phone moves with with at least at least 2000 staff every weekend to every single country that's big at, and that staff only not we're not talking about, um I, i guess that staff only we're not, we have not even touched on this the spectators that come into the country and obviously these guys will come in and they'll bring some of their revenue as well um it also enhances um awareness of local businesses obviously local businesses actually thrive if tourists come in and they they they, they get to know what the country basically has um and another thing like i said before is the marketing aspect of it where um formula one basically exposes the country and the and the track and the cities that the races happen um to millions of people all across the, the world so this is actually big and the governments do not hesitate to do this actually it's it, the marketing aspect is i think the genius part of it because um i think i think mostly because obviously i mean i'm in africa most of our audience is in, is in africa actually most of our, of our audience is in kenya and in the us shout out man shout out man so was your home and just our kenya and you guys from the US obviously we applaud you guys from li- for listening to the third world perspective every single episode that we that we release um so basically the marketing aspect is genius obviously we're in Africa like i said but um when Rwanda basically um decided to sponsor Arsenal with the visit Rwanda um campaign people people actually i guess people are laughing at it because the deal was was i think it costed Rwanda up to i think perhaps 20 million dollars a year or or something like that but the math was done after after i guess the first season and it 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 brought it actually brought income to Rwanda um unexpected income of 74 million dollars so the marketing aspect is is genius and um that's why governments do not hesitate to do it um 2019 was obviously the last full formula 1 season the past season is 2020 it's obviously it was not it was not a full season but liberty media made 2 billion dollars from all the sources of income that i've mentioned um half of that um obviously the sources of income that i've mentioned three sources um tv rights race sponsors and the money received from track and track organizers um so basically half of that went to teams as prize money that's a billion dollars now the distribution of this prize money is badly flawed in my eyes for example in 2019 ferrari earned 205 million dollars which is 28 million dollars more than mercedes and we all know mercedes won the constructors championship the problem with the one um for me is money distribution um it obviously it's not done according to where the teams finish 30 um so just to break it down 35 million dollars is given to any team that has been in F1 in two of the previous three seasons obviously 
um, the 10 teams that are in F1 currently have been have been in F1 in two of the pre- previous three seasons. So all teams get the 35 million dollars. Then an amount between 15 million dollars, which is given to the last place, and 66 million dollars, which is given to the winner, um, is distrib- is distributed according to where to where each team finished in the Formula One season. Um, so that's basically that's straightforward um we, we can all agree on that but here is where the absurdity kid the absurdity kicks in um williams basically receive a heritage payment in quotes heritage payment to protect its longevity in the sport as a as a historic and independent team um obviously this longevity this heritage payment um it can be worth up to 10, 10 it was it was 10 million dollars in 2019 but it can be more than that. Um, so Ferrari has participated in every single Formula One season since its inception in 1950. All 71 years and counting um, of Formula One, Ferrari has, has participated. Um, so they are given a long-standing team bonus um, that comes that came to a massive 73 million dollars in 2019. Obviously, $73 million is a lot of money, which is more than the money that Mercedes got um, in, in, in terms of prize, prize money in that, in that same year. Obviously, this is despite the fact that Mercedes produced a championship-winning driver and a championship-winning constructors team in that same year. So that's why it's very flawed, the um, Formula One's distribution um, system. It's, it's it's badly flawed so this means ferrari have been the top earning team in formula one for the past nine years man nine years and this is despite the, the despite them not winning the constructors title since 2008 it has been 13 years since they won the constructors championship and they have been the earning the highest earning teams every year basically um teams generate income from sponsors we all know um the, the, the number of sponsors um, that we have seen on, on, on uniforms, on the cars. So um, basically on the, on the cl- team clothing and cars, basically title sponsors, title sponsors generate more income. Um, Petronas, obviously, obviously they sponsor Mercedes. They have spent $735 million on a deal with Mercedes in the last 10 years. This is a lot of money. Obviously, Mercedes is a winning team, and most people in the world currently cheer Mercedes, um, as most people used to cheer Ferrari back in the days. Caleb can attest to that. Caleb is actually 55 years old. He can attest. He can attest to that. Um, so sometimes sponsors may lack in Formula One, and thus financially struggling teams. So basically, I'm breaking down the, the the money in 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 terms of the money that teams generate, despite despite um. Besides the money that they are given by Formula One, so they they can generate money from the sponsors. Um, obviously, the sponsors they can be promoted on team clothing and on the cars. That's why the Mercedes car is usually like Petronas everywhere and the team clothing as well. And there are usually a number of team sponsors um, on the clothing as well, on the cars as well as well. So um, another place is is paid drivers and so when teams are struggling financially they can turn to paid drivers an example is Lance Stroll with Aston Martin um, we all know the Stroll family the Stroll families are billionaires um, 
like also Lance Stroll um, with Aston Martin obviously is a paid driver he pays Aston Martin basically to drive for them and I think um, his, his his family basically um, dis- decide, decided to invest in Aston Martin so we know Lawrence Stroll his father um, he owns part of the team and he committed to contributing at least the keyword is at least 200 million dollars to the team in the next few years so um that's the amount of money that aston martin should expect in the next few years from their paid driver um all, another person is that is a paid driver is nikita mazepin nikita mazepin obviously right now drives for Haas. is a rookie but he's a is a, 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 another example of a paid driver um, so these drivers basically bring in their own financial backing into the team they either bring that or they bring lucrative sponsorship um, basically that's how teams generate their own income so in, in terms of costs um, like any other business um, costs include salaries to drivers and staff um, we all know Lewis is paid over 50 million dollars a year madness but like in comparison 50 million dollars a year is not a lot of money considering that other other athletes in in other sports are receiving more than three times that um and a, a key, an example is is conor mcgregor obviously in 2020 he got paid 180 million dollars he earned 180 million dollars from his exploits obviously in the boxing ring and the and in the ufc um ring so mercedes has over 900 900 staff and this stuff obviously they need to be paid um throughout the entire year covid or not um they i think i think the, the smallest team is alpha tauri and they have 310 staff and i guess they spend up to 40 million dollars a year on these 310 staff so course in terms of course salaries and wages to drivers and staff is a, is, a, is a big key another thing in terms of costs is logistics for you guys that didn't take any business course or you guys that are sleeping um, when you're doing business in high school logistics basically is the transport of cars our garage equipment and stuff across um, from one place to another so if one does this um, basically during the off season so whenever the t- whenever the season ends like basically the formula one team start to start to practice and um and start to plan how they'll they'll they'll, they'll move um equipment and cars and basically some of their stuff from point from uh, one location to another one location to another obviously they they do this um um via air obviously drivers move um um they travel they travel via air but um they basically heavy equipment is done um through water um obviously transported through water because it's heavy equipment and water is cheaper so you you might find that uh, the arrest in shanghai for example the shanghai grand prix um will perhaps the the, the these these um garage equipment and cars and everything will be moved seven months before before the grand prix um happens so um when when the when the grand prix gets to when it when the the time rolls around for the grand prix from the for the drivers to race in that grand prix um you might so they'll find the, the equipment is ready um so i guess teams spend over 45 million dollars a year on logistics alone so tr- um the this transport obviously like i said before is done through air is done through water and is done through land so there are trucks that basically um you guys have seen the trucks on the paddocks these trucks basically um um these trucks basically 
transport um, equipment that is needed so up to over 45 million dollars a year um, another another cost for teams is um, basically up to 400 and 400 million dollars in basically material machinery and research and development costs um, to improve and maintain the car obviously the point with formula one is innovation um, so teams could spend up to 400 million dollars um, basically doing everything um, to improve the car um, to improve not to not only improve but and maintain the car so teams like ferrari and mercedes um, can spend up to 400 million dollars easy it's not even like a point to them um, it's so an example of um, of machinery that basically costs a lot of money um, we know the cooling system um, in f1 which is massive um, cooling the engine uh, we all know the engine heats up um, with the amount of horsepower that the car has um, the cooling system can cost up to three hundred thousand dollars um, the front wing alone, obviously, the front wing basically is—it's not usually one front wing because um, if if any damage happens to the front wing while, while the driver is driving, they'll need to to replace that and bring another. One front wing could cost up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. To put into perspective, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars is, I think, um, the amount of money that as. A high school teacher in Kenya earns in I think 20 something years in Kenya perhaps 25 years in Kenya that's mad man yeah I guess 20 plus years in Kenya man that's mad so um, that's the front wing might cost up to 250,000 um, the the bigger the biggest um, part um, of the car obviously that costs a lot of money that is very expensive very exop that costs exorbitant prices actually is the engine obviously right now the we have the 1.6 liter hybrid v6 engine which can which costs um you guys should brace yourselves this engine costs five million dollars in cash basically five million dollars for the engine and that's 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 the that's basically five million dollars and obviously we know that the fuel could cost up to five hundred thousand dollars a year half a million dollars a year um basically f1 the the f1 basically it's not it's f1 is, is basically not about making money so if if you want to invest in f1 yes you could make money but you could but you could you could make much more money investing somewhere else so if you want to make a lot of money very fast you want a higher return on investment very fast f1 is not basically um, a sport that you want to invest in um, because um, historically the, the costs and the the returns um, do not um, basically do not do not pan out so the upside the, there's only one major upside in f1 that keeps the business obviously the, the, the teams um, turn in a profit every year but it's not it's not a, a, a very big um, profit margin but the upside with f1 is the huge marketing upside so um we all know teams like alfa romeo alpine these teams are, are are releasing cars right now cars on the road people are buying cars um they're releasing commercials about these cars they're basically trying to to revive their 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 market um outside of formula one their car market out of, out of outside of formula one 
Um, we all know Alpha Tauri. Alpha Tauri obviously is a clothing brand. Um, we have seen the ads with Yuki Tsunoda as well and, and some of the drivers as well. So basically, the, the amount of marketing that you can that you get from Formula One basically is very important. Um, obviously, Ferrari and Mercedes, we, we do not even need to go there because these guys are car manufacturers. These guys are one of the best um, European car manufacturers in the world. So the amount of marketing that basically is generated from Formula One translates to other businesses. That's why teams basically stay in the in the in the in the sport. This is why teams basically um obviously there's 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 uh there's some sort of prestige that comes with owning with having a formula one team for example ferrari but like and obviously mercedes as well but like they obviously this it's not it's not only it's not um it's not not profitable it's very profitable um basically from the marketing aspect of it um so basically shout out um i think that's the end of the episode so basically shout out to everyone um who would would listen to this episode shout out to to for getting to where you are um shout out to gray as well for the question asking me to look into asking me to look into f1 um the money behind f1 shout out also to um maxwell coros Maxwell Coros obviously is a, is a big F1 fan. Um, you guy um, always shouts shouts out um, every time that we release a Formula One episode. Um, shout out to Maxwell Coros. Um, shout out to you guys basically for listening. Um, you guys can obviously you, you guys can we have uh, a listener support segment that you guys can support the pod with. You can support the pod with as little as a dollar, um, five dollars, ten dollars. It doesn't matter. You can just support the pod. Um, help us help us to release more episodes um so you can you can also follow the pod on twitter at 3rd world pass one you can also support you can also follow the pod on instagram at 3rd world perspective you can follow me on twitter at pablo iconero basically I'm, I'm usually tweeting about every single sport that i love i usually tweet about nfl formula one um football the premier league the champions league the euros are coming up so watch out for that as well um basically the third world perspective is coming up with as many episodes as we can and as 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 our as long as our bodies permit us to do these episodes we'll do these episodes so basically shout out to you guys for getting to where to where um to 33 minutes plus um shout out to you guys man so um thank you for listening um We'll see you guys later.